Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on areas such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. So in today's episode, we are going to look at employer branding. Now let's think of it. So let's imagine you are a startup. Many of you will have a startup and will have one big problem. And it's not really creating a product or finding your perfect market fit or anything. It's getting a team built up or, or let's say, find the right people who are going to join your team. Because that's the most difficult thing is finding people who actually fit into your team. Or even let's going a few steps further, people who are even willing to consider you as a company, as a team, to work with you. So, of course, employer branding can be a certain degree, but let's say a big corporation, a big brand, everybody knows. Let's say, for instance, you just look around your household and you think, what do you eat in the morning? Or what car do you drive? You just look out the window and you'll see cars driving around. Or you go into a shop, you see so many brands. Everybody knows them. So, of course, most logical will be to go and apply for a job there. Now, the thing is, they haven't got an abundance of jobs. They have an abundance of needs in certain niches. And if you, as a startup, are competing exactly for the same kind of people who are already limited on the market, it's a little bit difficult. So you have to find a very unique kind of people who are willing to take the risk because you are not the big corporate who will give them a super salary, will give them super benefits and all this advantage and an easy 9 to 5 job and so on and so on. You are somebody who are giving them an opportunity to change the world with your vision and your mission and so on and so on. But the thing is, 
not everybody cares about your vision and your mission. And not everybody cares and is willing to take the risk when there are so many very easy jobs available. Or you just simply go in the morning to work, do your work, in the evening you go home. Yeah? You get five, and that's it. You don't bother. You don't think, well, maybe tomorrow the company will go bust. No. A big corporate doesn't go bust. Even a medium-sized company, maybe a 1,000, 2,000 employees, they're not realistically in risk of going out of business. They still can. There can be a disruptor. The, the whole market changes. Many, many things that we see nowadays happening with the pandemic, with wars, and so on and so on, and supply chain issues. Nevertheless, you are a startup. Whatever niche, whether you're doing cryptocurrency, whether you're doing um, financial fintech or any kind of products, software, training, another kind of business, it doesn't matter. You have a niche where you might be focusing on. And you need people. People from all different kind of backgrounds, all different kind of skills, and at the beginning, you often need people who are capable to do different kind of tasks at the same time. In a big corporation, maybe these three, five, six, ten tasks are divided up among maybe ten people. But you're expecting one or two people to do the same kind of multitasking. And later on, when your business is growing and you maybe have 100, 200, 500, 600,000 employees, then it is easier to go and divide those 10 different tasks upon 10 or 20 or 50 people. But now you're looking for somebody who is very versatile, not risk-averse, and able to work with you. And let's consider it. If you were running a startup, then you're obviously sort of crazy. Yeah, because only crazy people really believe they can do something where everybody else says, it's not, not possible. Changing the world through whatever you're doing, whether you're creating new pair of shoes, you're creating educational stuff, you're creating food, um, electric vehicles, aviation, all different kinds of things. The digital banking, and many things. People think you are crazy and that will not work. But you have to find other crazy people who think, I'm going to join that crazy person because it is so crazy, it fits to my own thinking. And that's the thing. You have to get them. And of course, even if you align, let's say, 20 crazy people with all different skills, they will not always be a perfect match to each other. I mean, socially-wise. Maybe somebody doesn't like the other one. Yeah. So you have to find how you solve this problem. Either you hire the person or not. Maybe you have to change your team. Maybe there are conflicts and other kind of things. And some people will simply leave after a certain time because they notice they're not happy. You cannot make everybody happy. But you can try to make an environment where people feel part of the team actively contributing by whatever skills they're contributing. And in some startups, you'll have situations where maybe people are not asking for salary at the beginning because they know once you have started or your business is creating revenue, they will profit as well from that revenue because what are their options? 
at all, let's say, the alternatives to not working at your company. They can work in some boring job, maybe not getting the pay, or maybe they're getting paid, but they're frustrated every day. They have a bad boss, somebody shouting at them, somebody telling to do stuff that they don't like. That's maybe against their principles. And they think, is my ethics nothing worth? I'm willing to throw my ethics away and work for some company who's maybe polluting the environment or um, damaging our society or even doing highly criminal stuff. Maybe that's not what you think is worth it. So you might say, I prefer investing my time and certain lifetime as well when you think of it. We don't live multiple times unless you are reborn. But the key thing is, we have to invest wisely our time that we have on this planet and think, what do we want to achieve in that time? And when you think you are part of a team that is crazy enough to do something where everybody else says it's impossible, you can't do that, <coughs> then it's something you can really change. And now think of it. Can you really change the world? Yes, you can. Look at some people, for instance, in the banking area. Um, there's, for instance, Anne Bowden, who started Starling Bank in the UK. Everybody told her, and she was an experienced banker, it's impossible. You can't do a digital bank and based on app and everything. Else. Nowadays, there's so many banks, even big banks, that offer you services through an app. Multiple. But... You can't copy the why. And that's what then eventually helped her actually to attract the right people. At the beginning, she attracted people, but they weren't actually necessarily the right people to actually get the bank licensed and working and turning it into what it is today. So she's had to, of course, overcome certain challenges and issues and all different things. Um, the same thing if you look at companies like Tesla and so on. Um, there's why well, you have crazy people. Otherwise, crazy people can't change. If they're always going saying, we always do it like now, I don't want to any risk. I don't want to make mistakes. That's impossible. Now, think of that. So we have more or less an idea of what kind of crazy person we need to have. We, ha we have to attract them because... The mainstream person says, I'm not crazy. I'm not taking a risk. I take a nine-to-five job, safely paid. There's no risk of being unemployed in a year or two years. I can already plan my retirement. So you need people who are willing to invest their lifetime for something that might not work, but it could become reality. And look at companies like SpaceX, and Visa, MasterCard, and so on. Those were as well startups. People said, ah, oh, it's impossible, credit cards. Uh -huh. Yep, and today, everybody has a Visa card or MasterCard and so on and so on. And that brings us actually to thinking, okay, so how do I have to attract these people who are not risk-averse, who have talent, who have knowledge, skills, and the right attitudes, to help me in my business to build a successful startup and whether it becomes a sustainable long-term business or a unicorn or whatever you want to call it, it's still quite a challenge. So 
think of it. You need to have a kind of a branding, and, and that is marketing. Now, the key thing is when you look at many startups that are successful, they are dominated not really by employer branding, but leadership branding. And that actually gets us to the point that for many people, being outside in the public, whether I share posts on Twitter or anything else, or on Facebook and LinkedIn and so on, there are plenty of people who are not comfortable with that. And they fear being visible. Of course, the thing is, when you are out there visible, it means as well that people develop an interest for you. They want to find out who are you? How do you do your business? How are you as a person? Are you somebody likable who you might want to be around with? Somebody you might want to have kids with or marry or have a team or have you as a uh, son-in-law or whatever or daughter-in-law. doesn't matter. People think all sorts of stuff that you do not think. But the key thing is leadership branding means that you as a leader, you represent as well the culture in your company. Because let's face it, if you as a leader motivate people to have a bad company culture, then it shows that it is your own culture in your way of managing people. Because even if you don't sponsor any actively any kind of uh, work culture or company culture, or whatever, but you just simply neglect and let everybody just do as they want and misbehave and so on, you are act passively, actively supporting a certain kind of culture, certain kind of behavior. And that eventually means we're back to square one. It's leadership branding. Employer branding is typically something that we see with big corporations where they have no face because their faces keep changing. After a few years, there's a new CEO, a new um, supervisory board, and so on. And people keep changing at the top. A new CEO is appointed and blah, blah, blah. After three, five, ten years, a different person. But look at companies like Tesla. Elon Musk has been there for donkey years. Alan Bowden has been there as well for a good, say, 10 years nearly, building her company. And Richard Branson, these other people, they're actively or not actively engaging in leadership branding. But eventually people see who's at the head and they like what they're doing. They see how the people and they hear as well how the people talk, how it is working with this person. Of course, if you are crazy enough to start a business like that and try to innovate, you are not the standard employer. You're not a standard leader. You have certain kind of kinks, nicks, and whatever kind of craziness in you. And you might not be aware because you think it's normal. The thing is, that uniqueness is why people then actually decide to work with you because you are not the standard employer, not the standard boss, team leader, etc., etc. Because you are not a corporate mindset person. Yeah? You are doing things differently. You might go and say, hey, try this out. In a corporate environment, 
person might thought, mm, will I really want to risk it's my budget? Maybe I get trouble with my boss and so on and so on. Now, that's the thing. Think of it. Employer branding, okay, that's a big company. It's, it's just the big enterprise and many people, but there's no real leadership branding. Yeah, We see this now, for instance, with Volkswagen, where, where they're trying to um, push these to be, have a diesel to be like similar to Elon Musk, but it doesn't quite work because, of course, at a certain time he will leave. Elon Musk is there. He maybe could go and say he'll hire some CEO, appoint some CEO from a lower level and say, hey, take this over, have some new projects. He could, but realistically, I don't think he'll do that. He hasn't done with Boring Company, with SpaceX, Tesla, and now he's playing around with Twitter. Whether he'll play with Twitter or not on the long run, it's a question. But nevertheless, those who are interested in his topics, they know him, they follow him, and they hear him. The same thing with, with Richard Branson and so on, or many other names. Uh, Alan Sugar, who was a name in the 80s um, with the Amstrad computer and so on. As well, there are many other people as well in, uh, let's say, in show business and so on. Plenty of people. Or entertainment, Walt Disney and that. Uh, people who's cemented their name and the legacy in the world. And those who as well contributed as well to it have, because they created something very unusual, something that many people didn't believe. Let's think of it. How many people told Walt Disney that a World Disney Center or an experience whatever he was trying to call it at that time, wouldn't work. Of course it works. It creates millions and millions. And that's the thing. You have to think, who do you want to attract to your team? And think, what kind of message do you need to send out? Considering that, of course, you're not going to reform yourself as well to a certain format. So you have to think, okay, what do I want to send out? What kind of message do I want to send out? What kind of people do I really look for? Just placing a job advertisement or hiring some headhunters, um, yeah, it'll get you some people, but they're not really into it. They are not dedicated to, to your stuff. They're just looking for a nine-to-five job. You need to get the crazy people, and the crazy people are not necessarily sitting on the list of headhunters. So think about it, and the next episode will be talking about employer branding. But whilst you're doing that, think as well about your personal profile. Now, you might have a LinkedIn account, and you are thinking all the time, hmm, how do I use it? Some of you might not even have a photo on it, or you have got your name abbreviated, but you're trying to somehow promote your startup, make yourself visible in the market and all these things. Things can get quite confusing because there are so many people out there trying to sell courses and other kind of stuff, self-paced courses and, and, and masterminds and so on and so on in social media. 
whether you go in TikTok and watch all this stuff and you think crazy, eventually you're totally confused, or you go on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and so on and so on. It's so easy to be misled. And yeah, having done my own businesses, I've had business in the UK, in Germany. Uh, I currently as well on the board of a company in Poland, in Netherlands, um, helping another company get started and that. It's crazy because you think, I have to start again from scratch. How do I build this? How do I put this? Because, of course, as a leader, um, people see me inside. When I'm there, they see how I talk to them, how I discuss with them, how I engage into conversations, how I try to find out things. Sometimes a conversation starts about something totally unimportant. And when the people feel very comfortable, things proceed and you get more information that you otherwise couldn't have asked directly. They just come to you and you suddenly notice, okay, what's bothering them? Where have they got their challenges? Because you as a leader, your task is to help them solve that challenge so that they can move on. Because sometimes they get stuck in their head with that kind of problem. And if you've got multiple people stuck in their head with problems, they'll get each other stuck in unsolvable confusion and illusion. So, LinkedIn, you want to go and change that way you're looking. Now, having done businesses and having done marketing and so on, and uh, that actually leads you to thinking, okay, how shall I sell blah, blah, blah product or service and so on? And if you're not a marketing agency, you have a quite of a challenge because there are plenty of people telling you what to do. In many cases, it is irrelevant to your niche. It's garbage, maybe outdated, and leads you into the most unpleasant situations, whether it's financially or other issues, not very nice. So I've taken so many courses and I've learned so much stuff from other people who really do this stuff. And I thought, well, it all sounds very complicated. But it isn't actually. And that's why um, a few months ago, I released a book. And you can buy it on Amazon as well. It's on social marketing. So it's a guide to help you how to build your LinkedIn profile with some really simple steps. How to write articles, and posts, and so on. How to connect with people. And to find the right people who are going to help you whether you are a startup or an established business, to grow. The thing is, too many people fall into the trap of cold spamming, cold acquisition. It's in the end very annoying and disturbing because you then have somebody who thinks, hey, you're a great contact to receive and accept you willingly and looking forward to maybe some good conversation and build rapport. And then suddenly, you are starting spamming them. And I think, uh, what? Like, recently, I got an email from somebody again. I thought, how could you? Guy, how could you? He sends me an email through LinkedIn about something that's totally irrelevant. I was looking at it, and I thought, how did he get an idea that I might be interested I need this kind of service and product in this kind of niche. It doesn't fit. 
It's like trying to sell somebody potatoes when they actually need to go and fill their tank with petrol or charge up their car. I don't need potatoes in that situation. And that's exactly the key thing. They are just spamming people with their advertising. It's like as if somebody goes in, in an office and so um, jumps on every desk an advert for dog food. And everybody in the office doesn't have dogs. Maybe they've got cats or no pets at all. But they just go and slam it and make a whole noise and a mess and everywhere. And people get annoyed and thrown out of the calls and the conversations and so on. That's not good. So um, if you want to know how to do these things properly, just go and get that book. You can go on LinkedIn and search for social marketing. Um, let me give you the ISBN code. I just need to fetch the book. And that's the challenge sometimes, because even if you've written several books, you have to find your own book. <laughs> and that's it. So the title, again, is Social Marketing, Reaching Your Audience So They Can Buy From You With Trust. That's why if you just spam people, there's no trust. Um, so updated for 2022. And ISBN code is 97. Nine eight four eight eight six zero nine nine seven no zero seven. I'll repeat it again. So nine seven nine eight four eight eight six zero nine nine zero seven and Simply to recognize black cover with a nice colorful blue picture on it and my name, Christian Bartsch, in yellow letters. So if you go and search LinkedIn published uh, 2022, then you will find it and be able to master the game of building a B2B network of connections that help you spot the important signals that will help you get into a conversation with the leader of this particular target account. So it's easier to sell to the boss than to a procurement officer in an organization. And that even applies for big companies and small companies. So go and get the book and yeah, start implementing it in your business. Whether you're a startup, small, medium-sized company or corporate, it fits everybody because it is a usable step-for-step -step guide and you'll see how it is and with next episode we'll be talking about other marketing branding and innovation topics
I hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Girl Zone show with Christian Bartsch. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website meetchrisbarch.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology, and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarch.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CapBarch. It's spelled C-A-P-B-A-R-T-S-C-H. Yes, that is C-A-P-Barch or spelled Charlie Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel.